Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Bible's up. Let's make our confession of faith together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. Take five seconds, and I want you to just worship God right there in expectation of how he's about to speak, 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 of how he's about to to answer prayers about he's about to give direction, about how he's about to give clarity, about he's, how he's about to heal you, about how he's about to change what you thought was hurting you, and it's about to help you, about how the second half is going to be better than the first half, about how what's ahead of you is better than what's behind you, how you're no longer bound by your past, you're no longer bound by your issues. You're no longer bound by who you used to be. Come on, 915. I need you to worship God like he's about to speak. Hallelujah. Come on, say, speak, Lord. I'm open and I'm ready. I'm open and I'm ready. I'm open and I'm ready. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's go to work. Let's go to work. So this series we started on Wednesday is called Daddy Issues. Everybody say Daddy Issues. Hear me, this is not a dad bashing series. It is not just for those with contentious or non-existent relationships with their fathers. Instead, this series will reveal, then heal the issues that have been embedded in your individuality. Because whether you know it or not, all of us have known or hidden daddy issues. Say known or hidden daddy issues. Bishop, how do you know that? Psalm 51.5 says this, Behold, I was shapen. Shapen is an old English word that comes from the King James Version translation of the scripture, which literally means it's a process over time, which means everything that you became, you became that over time. Uh, every way you were shaped, you were shaped that way over time. You didn't become the way you are from one instance. You didn't become the way you are from one piece of trauma. It has been building for year after year. At, listen, for hours and hours and hours. This this thing has been going on for some time, which is why whenever you're trying to change, change sounds fun, but it often is more difficult than it is to do. Why? Because you have been that way for so long. And for some of you, God, this month, he's about to interrupt some of the stuff. You say, well, I was born like this. I act like this. My family's like this. This is how all of us act. This is how all of us talk. This is how all the women are in my family. This is how all the men are in my family. What if you were supposed to be the interruption to that? I need you to touch somebody next to you and say, you're the interruption to that. Tell them. Now, now look, Psalm 51.5, this is David speaking. And David writes this after David has done something scandalous and ratchet. David, who was king. David, who was mighty ruler. David, who was a psalmist. David, who was a prophet. David, who was a giant slayer. David, who was debt free. David, who was this mighty man of God that had dealt with rejection issues as a child, but yet overcame those to ascend to the highest seat of authority in the land. David did something crazy. 
crazy. Is there anybody in the building or online that even after you've had success, you can look at some of your decisions and say, now that was crazy. Some of y'all lying. I wish you'd be honest in the building and online. Wave at me online. Is there anybody where even after you've done well, there are certain decisions that you've looked at and you said, how in the world did you make that decision? Can I help you? Sometimes after success, you have to be careful because that's when you're most vulnerable to do something to satisfy a sense of comfort because success requires discomfort. So David, the Bible says it's springtime when the kings are supposed to go out and they're supposed to go to battle. But David decides that he's not going to be in his place. Let me help some of you where you're inconsistent. The only reason you keep getting distracted is because you're not in position and in the place you're supposed to be. Had David been out fighting like he was supposed to be, he never would have been at home to look over at the next house and see Bathsheba taking a bath. The Bible says that David looks over at Bathsheba. For everybody that wants to woman shame Bathsheba and say, well, why was she outside taking a bath? That's how every woman took a bath in those days. All of the baths were located at the top of the house because gravity suggests that for the water to drain, it's going to have to drain down. And that means you have to put it on top so that it can drain down. Bathsheba's doing what she's supposed to do, but David is doing something, watch me, that he's not supposed to do because he's not where he's supposed to be. I pray the rest of this year you're in the proper place at the proper time doing the right thing. Open your mouth and say, I'll be in the proper place and the proper time doing the proper thing so David sleeps with this woman named Bathsheba he summons her his servants go to get her and Bathsheba is married she is married to one of David's mighty men his name is Uriah say Uriah now David looks at Bathsheba and he says he pulls a line from Cree Sweat he says I want her and he goes and he gets her and then he sleeps with her and she is with child now when David finds out that she is with child David says it ain't mine David says, we were only together one time. Y'all not go talk to me at this 915. We were only together one time. They couldn't run paternity tests, so Bathsheba had to say, well, Uriah's not here. He's out there fighting like you're supposed to be. So that first child, watch me, that first child comes to bear. And when that first child comes to bear, the prophet goes to David and says, listen, because of this evil thing that you have done, because not only did David get her pregnant, but David also set up his mighty man of valor, his mighty warrior, Uriah, he set him up to be murdered. How did he do that? The Bible says that he puts Uriah on the front end of the battle in order to make sure that when the warfare was intense, that Uriah would die in the warfare. I pray you have people around you that aren't secretly setting you up. I pray you wouldn't have people around you that are secretly plotting and planning against you. That while you tell them something, they call in a government agency on the other phone trying to mess with you. I don't know who that's for, but I cancel every plot. I cancel every scheme. I cancel every evil thing that anybody may have against you. Open up your mouth and shout, it's canceled. It's online, you type it. So, so, but not only does David do that, when Uriah comes back from the battle, watch me, David, because he's a prophet, David, because he's, because he's spiritual, David, because he's a psalmist, David, because he's gifted musically. When you are creative, sometimes you're a creative deceiver. So David gets creative in his deception. So when Uriah comes back, all of the, all of the fellas are at the palace because that was their tradition. And once they came back from a battle, they would stay with the king. David tells Uriah, hey, Uriah, go home and lay with your wife. He says, go ahead and go home and lay down with your wife. Why? Because I want her to think that you're the one that got her pregnant. That way I can say I have nothing to do with this. It's like, a, it's like an episode of Maury Povich. I know Maury don't come on no more. But for the, anybody ever watched Maury Povich back in the day or still currently? Some, I can look at some of y'all and tell that you're Maury Povich people. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, watch me. Maury Povich was basically the paternity show. And every show was about how, uh, you know, these people would come on, on the platform, these women would come on the platform, they'd come on the show, and they'd say, this is, this is the father of my child, and they're not doing what they're supposed to do, they're not doing all of that, and then Maury would do a paternity test, and normally, you want to know what happened? Normally, the lady would come out, and she said, Maury, he the only one I've been with, Maury. I ain't been with nobody else, Maury. See, people say it's hard living for the Lord. No, that's hard. 
It's hard not knowing, watch me, because you're so caught up in your mess and caught up in your flesh. It's hard not knowing who it could be. Ooh, I'm so glad. Wait a minute. We're about to check the building and online. You may not be where you want to be, but who can look back over your life and say, I thank God that I'm not where I you." Is there anybody that's made some progress in this building? Is there anybody that's made some progress online? Touch somebody on the shoulder and say, you're making progress. Because for some, maybe it wasn't that level of ratchet, but we all had some level of ratchet that we had been in. And so, and so, and so on the show, then Maury will open up the envelope. When he opens up the envelope, Maury would say, the uh, paternity results determine in the case of Y'all give me a name. Cavante, Jackie Red Jenkins, Williams, Jones. Cleophas is not the father. Then the lady would get up. She'd get up from the stage. She'd get up from the stage. Watch me. You just brought this man on national television. And you got the nerve to have an attitude and you feel like you hurt. So after they say, he is not the father, no! And then she run, she run, she run to the back, she run to the back, she's sitting at the couch in the back. Why y'all acting like you've never seen an episode of Maury? She'd run to that couch, Maury, I don't know, Maury, I don't know. And I'm thinking, you so got some nerve. You don't have a right to be upset. Because you brought him on TV, and you didn't put him all out there like this, that, and the other, because you didn't know what you were doing. Mm, mm, mm. You ready? You ready? Lay your hands on yourself. Say, say, you've made so much progress. Because maybe that wasn't where you were, but who can be honest that when you look back over some of the stuff in your life, and sometimes you don't even have to look back that far. You can look back and say, that was a mess, but God turned it into a message. Come on, y'all. Open up your mouth and say, what was messy in my life is now a message from my life. Psalm 51.5. So after David does that, he sets up Uriah. He tries to make it seem like he was not the one that impregnated Bathsheba. Uriah now, watch me, look at me. Uriah is on his way out of the earth. You want to know what happens? What happens is the prophet comes to David. It says, because of what you've done, this first son, son, this first child, rather, will not live. David gets mad. David does the whole Maury thing. David runs to the back. No, Jesus, no, don't do it, Jesus. No, no, come on, God. I ain't going to do it no more. Come on, look at the person next to you. Just say, you know you've said that before, you know. All right, all right, come on. I'm going to give y'all a little 1115 preaching for just a moment. Who can be honest in this building or online that there's some stuff you did where it created a scare in your life and you literally said to the Lord, Lord, if you get me out of this, I ain't going to do it no more. David's like, I ain't going to do it no more. I ain't going to do it no more. I, I, I ain't going to do it no more. I ain't going to do it no more. The prophet says, I appreciate that. This is great. But this son, this child, this first child is not going to live. Pay attention. Solomon, the second son, does. What if I told you for some of you, there are some things that your negative actions had to make the first one not last. The first one had to dissipate. The first one had to disappear. But you're in the year 2022. And two is the number of a sequel. Two is the number of a witness. For those of you that believe, watch me, the second half of 2022 is going to be better than the first half of 22. Can I get you to throw a two up and put a worship behind it right there? Go. If you don't believe it's going to be better, don't do nothing. Come on, Facebook. It's going to be better. The, I messed the first one up. I did something crazy with the first one. I did something I should have did with the first one. But this second one, somebody say, I'm ready for my sequel. So watch the scripture. David says this after he does that. Behold, I will shape him in iniquity. In other words, he says, I got this from the environment I was in. 
What type of environment was David in? 915, if I had the time to teach you, I would teach you this, that David was literally in a blended family because David's brothers had a different mother than he did, which means David had already seen or experienced, watch me, by virtue of the environment he was in, his father step out and go get another woman, which means when David did it, he was only practicing how he was shaped. He was only practicing how he was shaped. Question, how have you been shaped? We have all been shaped in iniquity. Iniquity is sin that is passed down and around. And this is important. As Christians, God reshapes us so we don't simply put a Jesus shirt on an old shape. You cannot be the same old you. Watch me with a Jesus shirt on. I need you to make this declaration. Say, God, reshape me. God, I need you to say that thing with authority. Say, God, reshape me. Now, now watch this. Jeremiah 18.3. And Jeremiah says this, so I went down to the potter's house, watch me, and there he was working. Say, he's working on me. See, I need you to be excited, watch me, not about the finished product, but about the process. Because who can be honest, you're not done, but you're certainly better than you were last week, last month, last year, last decade. I need you to shout, I'm better than I used to be. So he went down to the potter's house, and there he was working. Who was working? God was working. What? At the wheel. And what is the potter's wheel? It is where a piece of clay is placed in order for it to be shaped. And God says, watch me. He says, I'm working at my wheel, and in order to shape you into something, I have to spin you. I have to spin you. See, for some of you, there's areas of your life where you have felt like you've been in the spin cycle. Everything is going crazy. Everything is going bananas. Every, nothing works. It seems like the moment you take one step forward, you get knocked back. It seems like the moment you get your finance together, then your kids start acting crazy. The moment you get your kids together, your spouse start acting crazy. The moment you get your spouse together, all of a sudden you start acting crazy. It seems like your life is on spin. But can I tell you that whenever God is shaping you, he is, has to spin you first. Which means do not spin out in the spin cycle. I, I need you not to go crazy. I need you not to lose your mind. I need you not to throw in the towel. Somebody say, he's reshaping me. Verse 4, and the vessel he was making of clay. I taught you this on Wednesday. That whenever you were getting ready to finish a clay vessel, you had to finish it in fire. And for those of you that remember in school, and I don't know if they still do this, because I just learned the other day, I was this week old when I learned that they don't even teach kids cursive no more. But taxes going up. I'm confused. What are we spending the money on? We got new buildings. We need to upgrade teacher salaries. I wish some of my education people would put a praise behind that. We need to make sure, watch me, because you can't become great if you don't have a teacher to help get you there. Wait a minute. I don't even plan to say this, but for every person that can look back and say there's a teacher that you know that had an indelible mark on your life that impacted your life, can you thank God for that teacher that was in your My second grade teacher, Mrs. Denton from Memphis City Schools, Dunbar Elementary School. I will never forget what her and Mrs. Wilma Wolf, I've been trying to find them. I can't find them. I didn't put people on it to find them. Can't find them. What they did, I'll never forget what it is that they did and the impact that they had. Back to the regularly scheduled message. He says, and the vessel he was making, watch me of clay was spoiled. If you remember from school, which is why I brought that up, uh, in school, when, they were, when you would do a clay project, uh, you make it, you form it, and then they'd put it in the kiln. They put it in the kiln so that in the kiln, it, it would be finished in fire, which means the final stage of your reshaping process is when you feel like you're in the fire. Now, this isn't for everybody, but for some of you all, where you feel like there's areas of your life that are literally on fire right now, can I tell you what you owe God? You owe him an apology and a praise. Why? Because the apology is you've been complaining about the finish. You didn't realize that the, the fire was proof that you were at the end of your reshaping process. But every person that's been in a fire in any area of your life, open your mouth, please, and say, thank you for the fire. Say it again. Say, thank you for the fire. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled. Now, this is interesting because spoiled means it was unfit. 
In other words, it was unfit uh, for what was ahead of it. It was unfit. You cannot use this clay. If it's not finished in fire, you cannot use this clay to accomplish anything. You cannot use this clay. Uh, you can't drink from this clay. This is, you can't use this. You can't eat from this. And for some of you, watch me, you thought this was it for you, but you didn't realize he was taking you from that into this. Why? You needed to be able to carry something. Uh, and you know what the trip is? This doesn't look anything like this because God is so good at what he does. He'll take you in your mess. He'll take you in your jump. He'll take you in your fear. He'll take you in your doubt. And he'll reshape you into something better. But then it means lesser quality or treated too leniently. He says, at some point, watch me, there are certain qualities that are less than what they could be. And God is not into you being less than what you could be. God is not a settler. So he's not going, watch me, even when you want to settle, he's going to be like, but there's more. This is why some of you get frustrated with your friendships. They were a settle. This is why some of you get frustrated with certain relationships. They were a settle. You knew that you were better than that, bigger than that, but you'd watered yourself down because you said, I can't find nobody else. Baby, it's seven billion people on this planet. You'll get some good friends. You'll get some good romantic relationship. I need you to open your mouth and say, I will not settle. But then this last one is interesting, treated too leniently. This is what we think of when we think of a spoiled child. They've been treated too leniently. Uh, anybody ever seen a spoiled child, a spoiled child? If you haven't seen one, we've seen you. <laughs> Tell me, have you seen you? Um, watch me. Treated too leniently. Um, we, we, live in a, we live in a culture where I see some things that are happening with children that I say to myself, no wonder. You cannot look at what's happening in America and say, how is this happening? I'll tell you how it's happening. Go back to these houses and watch how he talked to his mama. You ain't going to say nothing? Watch how he talked to his daddy. Watch me. Watch me. Watch. Y'all don't like it, but it's right, so I'm going to preach it harder. You should have clapped. I can tell you exactly where the problem is because time out only teaches people how to be more deceptive when they get out of time out. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. Now, you do whatever you want to do, but watch me. Who can be grateful? Let me tell you what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that when I got out of line, I got tapped right back in the line. You ain't got to say nothing to me. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about that. But who's grateful that when you got out of pocket, you got snatched back? See, Denver don't like that, but it's right. I can care less. You ready? Because watch me. What did I teach you on Wednesday? The Bible says that we are his children, and any child that he loves, he corrects, he checks. So if you're uncheckable, if you can't be corrected, then what did I teach you on Wednesday we learned from the scripture? Then you're not his child. Watch me. I'm grateful that he still checks me because there's proof to me that I'm still his. He says it became spoiled in the potter's hand. Now look at this. And he reworked it into another vessel. See, it doesn't even look, it doesn't even, you thought this was going to be it for you. It doesn't even look like, you, you were never expecting to be a serving tray. You, 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 were, you were never expecting, see, before your total capacity was that. You were never expecting that you would be able to expand your capacity to do more. You were around a bunch of people like this and you didn't even recognize there was a whole table you were about to sit at. Ooh, speak this over your second half. Say, and it looks way better than the first half. Come on. He's prepared a table for you in the presence of some of your very enemies, but you're going to be sitting at the head of the table. Let's go. So why does he reshaping us? Remember, shape in, it's an old English word that we see in King James. Why does he reshaping us? Why is that a process? Pay attention, because sometimes there are obvious daddy issues. Like this, fatherlessness, in reality or uninvolved. An uninvolved father is just as negative of an impact as an absentee father. I'll say it again. An uninvolved father is just as negative of an impact as an absentee father. Fatherlessness. Look at this. 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless young people. 90% of homeless and runaway children, fatherless. Okay, you'll, you'll catch it. As I read the statistic, then you'll put fatherless at the end of it. 85% of all children with behavior disorders. 80% of rapists. 
71% of high school dropouts. 68% more likely to come to this bottle of all this stuff over here. That's actually meant for a different purpose, but I'm going to use it for now. Ooh. 68% more likely to smoke, drink, or use drugs. 85% of youth in prison. 43% of United States children. 71% of pregnant teenagers. 90% of arsonists. They never learned the value of anything, so they burned down everything. That's obvious, right? We can look at that, and that's obvious. We can look at that, and that's obvious. We can look at that, and that's obvious. We can look at that as, as obvious. Here's why. Because what's practiced as a child becomes normal as a teen and becomes permanent as an adult. Let me back that thing up. What's practiced as a child, this is why for all you parents, who, who, uh, please hear me, it is so important you understand the Bible says children are an inheritance from the Lord, which means you treat these children like you have to give them back to God, and when you give them back to God, you want them to be better than when they were given to you. Listen, and I know right now parenting is at a whole nother level because with, during the last two years, you had to become parent. You had to work your job. You had to be daycare. You had to be the lunch lady. You had to be the lunch man. You had to be the chauffeur. You had to be this and that and the other. I understand, but baby, when you play, that's what you have to pay. What's practiced as a child becomes normal as a teen and becomes permanent as an adult unless... There's an interruption. All right, I'll preach my own self happy here. I need you to say this, say, and I'm that interruption. Sometimes there are hidden daddy issues. See, some, some are obvious. All those things I just listed are obvious. But sometimes there are hidden daddy issues. And most people would probably suggest, and they'd probably say, Bishop, I don't have any daddy issues. My father was around. I don't have any daddy issues. My mother was around. I don't have any daddy issues. I'm good. I don't have any daddy issues. I'm making money, dollar, dollar bills. I'm, I don't have any daddy issues. I have a relationship. I don't have any daddy issues. I have somewhere to live. I don't have any daddy issues. I got money in my pocket. I don't have any daddy issues. I'm an entrepreneur. But pay attention because this is seen in King David. You ready? And his son, King Solomon. You ready? Their fathers were present, but they still had daddy issues. Well, excuse me, I'll dive into this more deeply on Wednesday. But if you look at Solomon and David, number one, they both had mismanaged rejection. Rejection is normal. How you manage it determines what it does for you. You can look at rejection as a negative, or you can look at rejection as protection. Stop. Everybody in the building, everybody online, where you've ever experienced any form of rejection, this is what I want you to do. I want you to thank God for it because it was redirecting you. Every time they said, I don't want you, thank you, you're redirecting me. Every time you got a no, thank you, you're redirecting me. Somebody say, my rejection. Say, it's redirection in the right direction. Look at me, look at me, look at me. They both had mismanaged rejection. What do you mean? So, so, so David, when he was a little boy, or teenager, approximately at the age of 16, when Samuel, the man of God, comes to anoint a king in Jesse's house, literally, uh, David is not invited in. Everybody is in the house. Everybody's celebrating. The man of God, Samuel's coming to the house. There's about to be a new king, and David doesn't get invited in because he's in a blended family, and David's father, Jesse, he really don't like David's mama. And so watch me. He takes out on the child his issue with the parent. I'm going to say it again because y'all acting like you ain't seen it. Some of you acting like you ain't did it right now. They take their issue with the parent out on the child. So David gets treated like a black sheep, not because David did anything wrong, but because Jesse don't like David's mama. She is, such, she is such a problem, the scripture suggests this, that she's not even mentioned. We don't know her name. We don't know her background. We don't know where she's from. We just know that David is in the house of Jesse, and he has a different parent, different mother, rather, than his brothers. So David has this rejection. Why didn't my father invite me in? 
what's wrong with me? What didn't I do? And you would think that once David grows up, that David would, would, would somehow fix this issue. He was spiritual. He's a psalmist. He's a prophet. He's a man of God. He's the king. He's the only man where the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart, yet he still has issues. You want to know why? Because rejection, if it's mismanaged, all it does, watch me, is mutilate. That's all it does. Mutilates. What do you mean? It just ruins things down the road. So when David becomes a father and he's got sons, David doesn't really spend a bunch of time with Solomon. You know why? Because every time he sees Solomon, he's reminded of the first son, the first child, rather, that had to exit. The first son that had to die. First child that had to die. Every time he sees Solomon, he's reminded of his foolish mistake. And so now he punishes his son for his failures. Hear me, parents. Don't punish your kids because of what you did. Your child is not a curse. Your child is not a curse. They are a blessing. I need every person in this building to make that declaration. Say every child is a blessing. Don't look at your son and be reminded of the man that you slept with to have him. Since y'all ain't going to talk, I'm going to preach heavy now. Should have said something to me. You ready? They have mismanaged rejection. So Solomon has the same issue. Solomon has such a rejection issue. You ready? That Solomon keeps getting a new woman to deal with his feelings of rejection. Like, I need another. 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 They both have mismanaged rejection. Here's the second issue. They both have misdirected love. Say misdirected love. Pay attention. David, he doesn't spend any time with the good one. The one that has the power to do something for the bloodline. David spends all his time chasing behind one of his sons called Absalom. Everybody say Absalom. I need you to talk to me in this building and say Absalom. Absalom literally tried to have a coup d'etat. What is that, Bishop? It's an overthrow of David's government. Literally, this is what happened. People would come to meet with David. Pretend like my chair is the throne. People are coming to meet with David. Hey, you're you going to be David today. Come on in, y'all white. There you go. Come on, Dave. All right, come on. Come on, Dave. Oh, you got a little, okay, got a little, got a little swag in your walk. All right. All right, come on, got them smooth. Come on, smooth, smooth. He's a smooth operator. All right, ready? So people would come to meet David. Here's what Absalom would do. When they were meeting with David, Absalom would say, hey, 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 you don't need to meet with my father. Tell me what your issue is. I'll handle it. You can meet with me. What is it that you want? I got you covered. Listen, he wouldn't have done that for you. I'll do that for you. Pay attention to people who subvert authority. Don't go to her. You better come to me. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You're a witch or a warlock. Because you're creating dissension and you're creating distraction. There are certain friends around you that you didn't even know they Absalomed you. You're like, why does so-and-so turn on me? Because the Bible says that Absalom stole the hearts of the people. Because what did Absalom do? He said he turned the people from going to David. He turned the people to himself. So guess what? One day Absalom says, hey, y'all are all on my team, right? Hey, you singers come. You singers come. Y'all are all on my team. Y'all are with me, right? Y'all are with me, right? Y'all are with me, right? Remember what I did for you. Remember how I hooked you up. Remember how I took care of you. Now, my daddy wouldn't have did that for you. What an evil child to turn on your parent that's given you everything. This is why you have to be careful that you don't just give your child everything. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. You got to make sure that they earn some stuff. You got to make sure they learn how to work for some stuff. Y'all not talking to me. Why? Because if you give them everything, you will create an Absalom. So all of them get together. When all of them get together, then, then they go to David. Absalom calls, comes to David. Watch me. Because now he's got a crew to support him. Some of you parents, you've seen your child do this because they've gotten around some crazy folk. And now they come back talking crazy to you. With their little click. So, so now they come to David. Hey, hey, listen, pops. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, listen, I should be king. The nation thinks so. I should be king. Now, David, David's got some mighty men. Come on, come on, you get behind David. Come on. David's got some mighty men. Now, Uriah gone, but he got some other ones. <laughs> be careful who you betray because that might be who you needed. 
I wish you I wish you touch somebody on the shoulder next to you and say, be careful who you do dirty. Say that's that might be who you need. So guess what? So David gets up. You know a lot of the Psalms we read where David is talking about my enemies are trying to eat my flesh. You know what he's talking about? His son. His own flesh and blood. So now they mob up on him. Uh, mob up. That is a urban colloquialism, which means they group together with the intentions of overtaking or overthrowing one based on the brute force of their numerical value. Ready? So they come against him. And they look, look, we got all white on. These white plates are for us. You got to go. They have an overthrow. David, watch me, his own son is trying to kill his father. What ends up happening? David eventually has a man named Joab. Joab takes David out. or Excuse me, Joab takes Absalom out. And when he takes Absalom out and they come and tell David, you want to know what David does? David's back on David's back. You want to know what David does? Where's Absalom? Is he okay? That Mark just tried to kill you. And you know what Joab says to him? You hate who loves you. And you love who hates you. You have misdirected love. So what happens in his son Solomon who has his father present? Thank you all. What happens? What happens? You want to know? Someone said, what happened, Bishop? Solomon, he has 700 wives. He has 300 concubines, which are girlfriends on payroll. That's a big staff. You got to get benefits. You got FMLA. You got PTO. That's a lot. That's a big staff. But the Bible says there was one woman. She was a devil in a blue dress. Because this one woman named Pharaoh's daughter, we don't know her name, but we know whose daughter she was. Bible says, this one, oh, he loved that one. And that one turned him from God. I pray you're not attracted to who's going to pull you away from your God. Let me say this to every single person and every married person. If your spouse or, watch me, or somebody you're dating turns you from God, that relationship is not from God. If they pull you out of church, that relationship is not from God. Y'all not going to say nothing. Open your mouth and say, Lord, don't let my heart turn. Here's the third thing, and I'll go deeper on Wednesday. They, they both have mindless behavior. They have mismanaged rejection. They have misdirected love. And they have mindless behavior. So David already talked about what he did with Bathsheba. David, you got to think about it. David, you can have any woman you want. Why you got to mess with Mr. Biggs, girl? Like, David, you can have any girl you want. You just walk outside and just, <clears throat> you the king. You are King Jaffa Jafar. You got bathers and everything. I don't understand that clap. Watch. Everything you need, you have. You ready? You ready? But why? But why? Why in the world are you going after Bathsheba? Why in the world are you going after Bathsheba? Why in the world are you going after Bathsheba? Because you have mindless behavior. You do things that are sometimes stupid. You do things that sometimes don't match your seat. You a whole king reaching for court jesters. You a whole queen reaching for a man you got to take care of. Mindless behavior. You, 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 you a whole believer and you're reaching for people who don't believe. Mindless behavior. And then I already told you about Solomon. Solomon had, say mindless behavior. Mindless. 700 wives? Now all the married men can tell the truth that one, you got to deal with one attitude, with one set of feelings that change every five minutes and 
700? That's why at a certain point, he'd be like, listen, I don't want to get married no more. I just want to date. I'm not ready for anything committed. You ready? 300 girlfriends. Listen, that's mindless behavior. Both of them had their fathers. 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 And both of them had daddy issues. Why? Because we were all shaped in iniquity. Solomon was more sophisticated, though, in how he handled things. Solomon was a wise man, the Bible says. He was sophisticated. He was intellectual. Solomon said, well, let me go to therapy. Solomon said, well, let me do this. Let me do that. I want to do this. I want to sit in them. And I'm not knocking any of that. Watch me. Solomon was sophisticated. Solomon ran to natural methods before he ran to spiritual methods. Solomon said, let me try this before I try God. Solomon said, I know what to do instead of consulting the Lord. Solomon was more sophisticated in how he did what he did. But what does Zechariah 4, 6 is? So don't depend on your own power or your own strength, but on my spirit. Open your mouth. Say, I can't depend on my sophistication. I you cannot just use 12 steps. That's nice, but you're going to need to be more than just sophisticated. It's not enough just to use natural means. You're a spiritual person, so natural means by themselves will be insufficient. But David, watch me, David was more spiritual. David, Psalm 51.10 says, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal or a right spirit within me. Verse 11, do not banish me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. So Solomon was more sophisticated, but David was more, it's on the screen. Solomon was more sophisticated, but David was more, Solomon was more sophisticated, but David was more, for us to be the interruption, we have to be both. We have to be both sophisticated and spiritual. It's not enough to just say, well, the Lord got it. Ooh, you're going to have to do some work. Because David, the reason that you, you still deal with these issues is because you've never spoken to anybody. You, you, you've never addressed the issues. You, you wrapped the issues in worship and never confronted them. You wrapped the issues in spirituality and you never dealt with them. But Solomon, you never got spiritual. You never asked God. You never prayed because you depended on your own intellect. You depended on your own thing. You said, I'm reading a new book. Great. But you can't have that and not have spirituality. Do, do not become an extremist where you're super spiritual and not sophisticated or you're super sophisticated and not spiritual. Say this 915. We're almost done. Say, Lord, make me both. I need you to say that like an army. Say, Lord, make me both. Today is the day of Pentecost. You ready? Today is the day of Pentecost. Here's what is about to happen. Today, you're going to get the spiritual part you need so that you can be the interruption. Because there's some apparent, obvious daddy issues, but then there are also some, watch me, there are also some hidden daddy issues. How many just after listening to this, I realize when you preach on a subject like this, it begins to really open up stuff for people. So sometimes they ain't saying amen because they thinking like. Some of y'all still trying to figure out if he going to pick you up and go take you to the store to get some shoes. That happened in 1998. Some of you still, I sense it real strong, you're still bitter. You mad. You ready? Today, you're going to get the spiritual parts you need to deal with this. Say, I have to be both. both. See, I'm going to help you with both this entire series. We're going to get spiritual and sophisticated. I'm going to teach you what to do. I'm going to teach you how to do it. I'm going to deal with your sophistication. I'm going to speak to your intellect for all of my intellectually very erudite and and sophisticated people. But you got to get spiritual. Somebody say, I need both. David never conquered his because he was only spiritual. Solomon never conquered his because he was only sophisticated. What would have happened if David and Solomon? Somebody say, I'm that combination. I'm spiritual and sophisticated. Come on, y'all say, I'm a king and a priest. I can pray and I can slay. Come on, I I just need for those of you that know you're both of them. We're about to go, but worship God for five seconds right there. Go five. 
for you're both you're spiritual and sophisticated you're a king and a priest hallelujah here we go today's the day of pentecost let's get you filled because you're gonna need the holy ghost to get you through this you're gonna need the holy ghost because this month god is gonna reshape you so he's gonna reshape me and acts chapter one verse number eight he says, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what does that mean, Bishop? The Holy Spirit is the, it's the Ruach of God. It's the breath of God. It is the living God living on the inside of you. And can I be honest with you? I don't know how you can live without him. Well, Bishop, I'm saved. Don't I have the Holy Spirit? No. But watch me. When you are saved, you are sealed by the Spirit. But there's another experience after that called being filled with the Spirit. And then for those of you that are already filled, can I be honest with you? Life drains you, so you need a refill. And for everybody, over the next three minutes, because that's all the time I got, over the next three minutes, you're going to get a fill or a refill. Open your mouth and say, Lord, and I'm ready. Say, Lord, I'm ready. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but you shall receive. Come on now. So that was like when I did this, that was your key. But you shall receive. Watch me. When the Holy Spirit, watch me, comes upon or feels you and you shall be witnesses. That means you're going to have fruit. Come on, speak this of yourself. Say, I'm about to produce big fruit. Uh-uh, I don't even like the way you said that. I need you to put a demand on the second half of this year. Say, I'll produce amazing results. I'll produce amazing fruit. But what does power mean? Because if you grew up old school church, they stop right there. And they shout power. And the preacher would take you up right there. And you'd be like, yes, yes. You know, everybody got that one person that, you know, You know, their face look real, like something stinks, like. And then they start shaking their head like, no, 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 no. And then you got this one, the one that fold their hands like this and start rocking. You ready? That's what a, <laughs> that's what, that's what the old school church would stop you. And then they go into power, Lord, and, you know. We need your power. We need your power. Gotta have your power. Gotta have your power. And they do that for 45 minutes. And that's good. But I need you to know what you're getting. Oh my God. Somebody said, I'm about to get a refill on power to be the interruption. Say, in two minutes. This is the two-minute warning. Say, in two minutes, I'll get a refill of power. You ready? Here's what it means. Here's what it means. We got to go to 915. Here's what it means. Ability. He says, listen, there's some things you cannot do with sophistication alone. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to give you the ability to get it done. Then it means abundance. There are certain things where you don't just need enough. You need abundance. It's the Holy Ghost that's going to do it for you. Then meaning. For some of you, you do mindless things because your life has no meaning. In two minutes, your life is about to take on a meaning that it's not had before. Then it means miracle working, and it means might. Might is the way you fight. For some of you, you've been real tired. You've been real weary. I want to talk to a few of you where over the last few weeks, last few months, you've gotten so frustrated. You literally like, I'm over this day. I'm over this week. I just want to go lay down and take a nap. Is that anybody? That's been... Somebody say, I'm about to get might in my fight. Come on. And then it means miracle working. It means whatever was not possible, watch me, once I get a refill, it's going to be possible because he's going to work a miracle. I need you to prophesy to somebody next to you, touch their shoulder, say, over the next seven days, I prophesy miracles for you. Y'all type it online, say, I prophesy miracles for you. You're talking to the wrong person because they're not praising. Touch somebody else, please. Say, over the next seven days, come on. I prophesy miracles to you. Still the wrong one. Touch a third person. Touch them on the shoulder and say over the next seven days, I prophesy miracles for you. 
Chad, talk. Let's try the fourth person because that's still not the right one. Find you a totally different fourth person online. I need you to tag somebody. I need you to say over the next seven days, I prophesy miracles for you. That's the right one. That's the right one. That's the right one. That's the right one. That's the right one, Facebook. That's the right one, YouTube. Shout it again. Shout miracles, signs, and wonders in Jesus' name. Look at this. Look at this. We got to go. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Say strength. You're about to get strength. I said everybody stand. You're about to get strength. You're about to get strength. You're about to get strength. You're going to have strength to deal with those people this week. You're going to have strength to do your job this week. You're going to have strength to do your assignment this week. Stand even at your house. The two-minute warning is here. Come on, somebody say, say pecuniary ability. That means you're going to get the favor that comes with wealth and riches. That means when people see you, when you feel with the Holy Ghost, they're going to treat you like you got millions, billions, and trillions. Then say excellence. Say everything I do, I'll do it well. Lift your hands in this building and no line. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. If this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian in Jesus' name. Put your hands down for a second. If this is your first time praying this, take out your phone, scan this QR code on the screen, or text the word decision at 877-552-4746. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.